1: Welcome to Second Helpings, this is the extra podcast that we do of special content for The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March, I'm here with Stephanie Hansen. I'm here, yes. (laughs) And we're being joined today by Dana Burtness of Nettle Valley Farms. And you, madam, drove all the way up from Spring Valley or Spring Grove, and with... Um, our half of hogs. I basically. did. I did. We
2: got the half hog delivery, you guys. I've been eating out of the freezer all week trying to make sure that I had enough room because I was great panicking. Job. Yeah. It was, it was very manageable. <laughs> In the the amount of the hog.
1: Amount. Okay. Yes. So to and to bring you guys back, we signed up this year for uh, a half a hog from your farm, right. and you raise about fifty
0: hogs on your farm. We do tell us a little bit about how you raise your hogs. So we do a big focus on uh, seasonal mm-hmm. raising of hogs. So we get the the little pigs, the feeder pigs, in spring, and then we raise them up on pasture and organic feed um, until the fall, and uh-huh. so. How big are they when you get them? Are they literally the little piglets? Uh, it's no, so that would be a little bit too stressful for the pigs to leave their moms when they're that tiny. So we shoot for between 40 and 80 pounds when they come to the farm. And so, um, in the pig world, there's farrowing and then there's finishing. And so farrowing is when you keep the sows and the boars and you keep and you have the baby pigs. So that's like some expert level farming. and, And I've been doing this for this is my fifth year. This will be my sixth batch of pigs next year. And I just want to make sure that I have the finishing down on pasture first before I start farrowing. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, we, we finish them on – they get a new pasture each week. And so we've got annual pastures that we plant for them made up of barley and turnips and daikon radish and peas and that sort of thing. Um, And then we have perennial pastures that are made of grasses and and soft clovers um, and a lot of, uh, quote-unquote, weeds Mm -hmm. uh, that they actually love sometimes even more.
1: Yeah, the dandelions. The dandelions. Yeah, crazy.
0: And then we rotate them through the woods so they can eat nuts and any sort of like woodland plants. Um, and then every day they also have as much organic, certified organic um, pea and barley feed that they want. So that's another thing that makes our pork special. They get a So they get a, pa- a new pasture every week, and then they also don't eat any corn, soy, or fish meal.
1: And so I went down to visit you and see the piggies, and it was an unbelievably cool experience because – First of all, I have to tell you the funniest thing about the pasture. I was looking, we're, you're like touring me through the pasture and pulling up these turnips. and I'm like, I feel like I could graze here. I really <laughs> did. I was like, this looks very delicious to me. That, I would eat like these grasses and these. I would feed. absolutely do that. Yeah but it was very cool because they were so excited to get the like to go into the new pasture and then we got to throw a bunch of apples and crazy things at them and they ate it all and it's all you think about it but you don't think about it that that goes into the flavor of your meat.
0: It really does, especially with pigs too. Yeah, yeah more so than even other species of animals. And plus pigs are so novelty driven, which I'm very novelty driven too, and so that's something that I think about a lot about how to keep them entertained and happy and joyful. And yeah. that's that's because they're so smart. They're so smart. Yeah. They're really smart. They're very social. Um, they live their whole world through their their noses, and so different smells and tastes are really important for them.
2: Yeah, um, and they're
0: curious. Oh, so curious. A little too curious sometimes. I mean, when you have fifty three hundred pound pigs coming at you and want to snuffle your boots or something. Yeah, that, there was
1: a there's a moment you were in the pasture, and I was like, I don't think I can be in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, it's just, there's a they're big. They're They're they're, huge. And they are moving fast in their own ways.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they're very curious and playful. And so, and and I make sure to spend a lot of time with them every day uh, and throughout the day. So we kind of, I kind of build a relationship. Like I know which pigs are a little bit more curious than others and which ones I have to keep an eye on and which ones are uh, more playful. Right.
2: Yeah. Okay. So.
0: How did you start getting into this? Did you grow up as a farmer? I did or? not. I grew up in the suburbs. I'm from yeah. Coon Rapids.
2: Oh, my word. <laughs> I know it. The girl uh, from Coon Rapids. The girl from Coon
0: Rapids is now a pig farmer. Mm-hmm. So, no, my my history in southeastern Minnesota, at least on my dad's side, is that I'm the sixth generation to farm in Houston County. But my dad left when he was 18 and to go to the U of M, and then he stayed and met my mom, and they sort of settled up here. Yep. Um, but when I was 19, I did a... a an internship on an organic farm and I just fell in love with it within a couple of weeks. And because I am extraordinarily impatient uh, after that first season on the organic veggie farm, I just like went back to college and tried to drop out. My parents talked me out of dropping out. So I did stay in, <laughs> Um, but I started a student farm and then, um, after that I, um, did a little detour into the nonprofit world in the Twin Cities working at the Midtown Farmers Market and the Institute for Ag and Trade Policy. But then I got back into farming and so I started my, a couple different versions of a veggie farm. But then I got Lyme disease really badly, which just kicked my butt. Yeah. And it just destroyed any sort of stamina that I would, or interest that I could ever have in veggie farming. And so once I got over that, we just, we realized like, pastured regenerative livestock farming is what I'm really passionate about and just sort of like fits fits our lives better. And by our, I mean um, my husband and myself. Yeah. yeah, so
2: did you have a farm or did you go buy one? or
0: We were renting land in Northfield when we were doing the veggie farming thing. Um, we tried We – there is still a Burtness Century Farm in uh, the Spring Grove area, and we tried to, to buy or rent a piece of that. But it's, it's owned by my dad and his two siblings, and they couldn't exactly – Come um come to an agreement sure. about what that would look like. So we ended up buying our own um seventy acre farm in Blackhammer Township, which is not that far away from the, the home farm in Wilmington Township. Do you have a house that you live in? Well we didn't for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the first season so we bought sixty seven acres of raw land and Which so is costly, I would assume, and hard to find. Well, so it's it's interesting. When you're a regenerative farmer or like a, a, a farm scale permaculture farmer, you can you can make use of land that isn't necessarily the flat prime agricultural land. So like no
1: corn growers are looking at your land.
0: No, and it, it had been on the market for a long time. But yeah. since we wanted to graze all different kinds of animals, we were able to buy sort of what they would call like wasteland or hunting land. Yep. Um, so it was a little less than $3,000 an acre for us, whereas, you know, some farmland in the area goes for five to $10,000 an acre. Yeah, so. a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was no house. So we lived in a travel trailer. Um for quite a while. Just uh no ru- <laughs> no running water, no elect or wait, we had electricity, um and we did have uh broadband internet. Ah, of
2: course you did. Have- That's yes. like I have that in the Wonder Bread Van that yeah. I travelled in this summer. Yeah. yeah.
0: So yeah, we, we kinda roughed it, but it was I mean, it was great. We learned our land so much better that way just by living there instead of, you know, renting a house in town. Sure. And then Not this past spring, but the spring before that. So the spring of 2018, we got super lucky. Our neighbors, um, our wonderful neighbors who had a little three-acre homestead with a house and barns and septic and well and all that, they decided to move back to his home farm in Plato. And so they, they contacted us and sold us the little homestead. So it all worked out perfectly. So you got to keep your land. You
2: adopted their three acres and their house and their outbuildings and now you live there. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. cute. Yeah. But it's not just them who are living there. This no. is a very cool thing that they're doing because of course you're not using all that land just for the pigs.
0: Yep. From the very beginning, we bought more land and then it ended up buying, um, A a bigger house than we need just for the two of us because we really wanted to start an incubator farm program so we want to i got incubated when i was a vegetable farmer and so part of our sort of holistic goal and our quality of life mission is that we really want to help pay it forward and help other young livestock farmers and other kinds of farmers get ready when you
2: say you got incubated yes that's not like that you were in an incubator at birth no
0: what (laughs) does that mean in terms of farming yeah so um i was the the this incubator farm program doesn't exist anymore, but essentially you're you're running your own business on an already established farm that has equipment and land, and you're doing it at a below market rate, um, and so it really helps you make good juicy mistakes when you're a beginner and just like, what a great idea it's a it's an awesome idea there there are a lot of nonprofit incubator farms all across the country and I think we need more of them here in Minnesota. Uh-huh. We're a little bit different because we're not creating a separate nonprofit. We're um, just sort of running it under the umbrella under, of our of, of our farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which makes things, at least in these early days, um, just a little less A little simpler. You don't yeah. need yeah. to set up
2: nonprofit
0: and yeah. tax business. And right. And so you have a couple people. We who are do, yeah. So um, we have two farmers this year who's who spent the season with us. And um, so Bailey Lutz runs Listen More Farm, and Bailey uh, has... Uh, pastured goats and pastured ducks, um, and then Heidi Eager from Radical Heart Farm had um, she has uh, pastured sheep, so pastured grass with lamb, and then pastured chickens. And it was a it was a great first season. I mean, all of our enterprises complement each other really well. It's so nice to have other people to live with. I mean, maybe Nick and I are unusual in, in that regard, but I, we really like living and working along other side along alongside other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Did they literally live in your house? Yes. Oh, wow. It's like a
1: camp. It is. It's like Fun. it's like a camp.
0: And it, it takes it, it definitely takes a lot of work and intentionality and communication to like keep things running smoothly. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest just any farmer just launching in and hey have some people live with you like that's how you get (laughs) blood feuds yeah that's how
1: you get divorced that's (laughs) how you get divorced yeah
0: so we kicked the season off with a full day of of facilitate another farmer friend of ours who's a, a bison farmer um she's also a trained facilitator and so she led us through some exercises so we're trying to be very intentional about the whole thing about like let's agree on how we're gonna communicate let's agree on how we're going to disagree
1: yeah Um, yeah what are the paths that we take when things don't go right which is so
0: important yeah um and and we still had plenty of things we had to keep hashing out um but it's just we think it's really important and it's fun and
2: so if you have the pigs and they're let's just say on the grassy yep part and then you move them to the next barley part wherever that's happening with permaculture Does then the goats come in or the chickens come in after them? Or does each animal
0: need its own separate grain and area? Like, how does that work? So ideally you would do a lot of multi-species grazing and, and pulse the animals at a different time, depending on what your goals are. This year we wanted to sort of keep things separate to make sure there was just so many factors going on in terms of timing and size of herds um, that we, we kept them a little bit more separate this year, but in the future, the idea would be to intentionally combine them. So, um, for instance, in the future, it's, it's possible to put the goats and the sheep together. Um, or you could have, we, we did keep sort of a feral flock of, of egg laying chickens. They followed the pigs, um, to, to scratch the pig poop and eat any sort of leftover grain. And so we did a few levels of, of integration of the animal species, but yeah, no, I think that's, That's something we want to work on in the future because it's so circular. Like just the beauty of like the circle of life. Sing it, you know what I mean. Like
2: that's I can just in my mind see like you got to go down there. Yeah, you got to see it because you need Uh, to see it to understand. And I really and I just saw my pork. 3 boxes of it. And it's not like you need a little chest freezer, but I have a little one.
1: All right, so let's let's back this up. Yes. So here's what happened. So I went down to visit the pork and I met I met the pork, the little piggies and I'm running around. And I felt really good about it. I felt like their lives were good and they were having, you know, kind of a it was it, they were eating really well. And so then we decided, I mean, this is we'd already decided to order half a hog, but you because Basically, you do not sell at farmers markets or anything else. I you don't. are only direct to consumer. Correct. Okay, so it's like the only way to get one of your hogs is to sign up.
0: Yep. And to say, Once hey, a year I'm we all. sell halves and holes.
1: Yep, yeah. and you, ha- you said you maxed out about 50 hogs this year.
0: Yeah, we'll probably, I mean, we had a waiting list, so I, I, think we'll maybe expand to about 60 pigs next year. So sort you're of,
1: kind of learning with how that, you know, nope. handles it. Because you are the farmer. You, I am the farmer, there's yes. It's not like, you know, like Zeke doesn't show up on a tractor and like, you know, do all the stuff. It's you. You're out there every day.
0: Yes. I, I need a lot of help from my neighbors and then certainly Nick. Um, he works from home on the computer. And so if I need an extra set of hands or an extra couple sets of hands i i ask for help and need a lot of help right. but yeah it's it's me it's I, you yeah you're out there yeah
1: so basically what happens is when i saw them they still had a couple they had like a month or more of feeding and getting fatting fattening yep. up to go yep and then it's you know then the idea is that they have their their one bad day their
0: one bad day yeah yeah and
1: you take them to get them processed yep is what we say yep. do you feel
2: bad always yeah I would imagine you would, because even though you're raising them to be food and that that's what we're doing yeah, and you're, you know, not anthropomorphizing them, but yet you've spent time with them.
1: Well, and we, and when we, I wrote the thing about it, it was, you know, the idea that sometimes they get names and that's just because of what they are. They kind of name themselves. They name themselves. And Mr. Scritchy Pig was, you know, one of the ones where, you know, it's like he always comes and, you know, nicks on your boot or something. And so it's not like you're like, well, that's Tommy and that's Alice and, you know, but it's like. If they have these personalities, how do you not? You yeah, know? and it's
0: a. I will say though, it's not all sadness. I mean, I'm also really excited when I drop the pigs off because a lot can go wrong between having an 80 pound pig delivered to your farm and getting it to 300 and 300, you know, 350 pounds. Like, so there's a lot of whew, okay, we yeah. made it, yeah. and also just extreme excitement because every year we've we've upped our our feed game a little bit more. Like this year, we developed a partnership with Featherstone Farm, so we had literally tons of organic yeah. waste produce that we fed to the pigs and Mayos so and,
1: oh my god, just sort of
0: this anticipation of oh like how are the pork chops going to taste I, this year I, I it's going to be so good I'm excited
1: about yeah to, like tuck into one of those and see if i you know what yeah. that flavor
0: is and so it's complicated there's there's some sadness there's a lot of anticipation there's a lot of happiness i mean it's also a business too so i'm um that one of the tough things about most types of farming is the cash flow and so you're you're spending tons and tons of money throughout the season yeah, to, to feed care in. for these yep. pigs and then it's like whoo awesome it's nice to start getting some payment instead of just paying other yeah. local businesses for their services so it's it's just complicated but I think that's okay that's just what being a livestock farmer is
1: I think you and like you sign up for that yep. Like that's the thing is like you can't get into this without knowing that no kind of stuff.
0: and I think it's worrisome if you don't feel all that range of feelings because so then it means you're you're sort of separating yourself too much from the animals because right. um, yeah i'm trying to trying to remind myself like they're my they're my partners in this yeah. and um yeah you might get some hate mail from vegans about this That's episode fine. but i it's just it's real like i don't everything that i've read and experienced in life tells me that healthy pastured livestock have to be part of feeding ourselves and our communities and have to be part of a healthy working landscape. And yeah. so mm-hmm. you're going to I'm going to do that. Yeah. And some people eat meat and some people
2: don't. Yep. And it's a personal choice and I if I'm going to eat meat, which I am, yep, I feel much better about eating meat that I know has sustained a family, sustained an economy where you're sustaining another farm because you're buying their produce and so I guess I just feel better about that. And yeah. it's not
1: a massive conglomerate mm-hmm. with fat cats in suits and stuff like that too. Right. Which they get enough money. That's you know what right. I mean? That's my point. Yeah. So, so here's what happens. So then we get an email, you know, and it was like, okay, guess what? You're about to, you know, we're starting to work on getting you your pork mm-hmm. and we got to pick like the things that we wanted from the pork. And I thought that was very cool. Like we had to sit for and processing think about it. Yeah, yeah. You had to go like, do you want bacon? Do you want a pork shoulder pork, butt? do you want it separate? Do you want it together? Do you want, do you want the fat? Do you want the lard? Do you want it rendered? Do you How want it thick chunks? do
2: you want your pork chops?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff. All of a sudden I was like, I have to plan my meals. All do you want
2: your s- sausage, uh, hot, yeah. mild Nothing. breakfast? Yeah. yeah. I was
1: like, all oh, these are so complicated, but it was interesting to sort of, and it was interesting to me to work through the pig in that way yeah. and thinking about it in terms of like, okay, now you have to decide this and this part and this part and this and part. And I feel yeah. like for
2: me, if I was going to get a half of a pig, like, of course I need to take the lard. Like, that's part of the experience. Yeah. I need to take the hawks. Like, yeah. if I'm in a be putting my money where my mouth is and I'm going to be a meat eater then I'm going to try and eat all of the parts the most that you can and figure it. out what mm-hmm. I can do with it. I did notice there's a heart in my box. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to do with that heart, but <laughs> I will figure out a way to do something with yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And shout out to my dad Paul Burtness, cuz he's the one who actually did all the work on that online ordering form. Oh, him. great. Cuz I think yeah, that's something that we have a few things that I I like to think make our farm special. Um, you know, I'm special. You are <laughs> special. You are You're so special. But I, I we've gotten nothing but good feedback about that form because um, otherwise you just call the processor and they can. It, it's harder to be able to take your time and look yeah. through the options. So I'm I'm glad that you like the form. Yeah, I
1: don't think if someone would have called me I would have been able
2: I would have regretted choices and
0: it's then I've the felt help
1: It is and then you make these rash decisions and I was like, I don't like, know no, Lord. Wait, wait, I want the Lord. Yeah. yeah. And I
2: opened the form the first time and I was like, Oh, I need to come back to this. Like <laughs> yeah. I need to spend some time. Like I'm not in a place where I can fill out a form and make good choices. So right. like a day later I went back to it and I was like, Oh, I had more time. Yeah
0: because I really wanted to think about this. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe a couple generations ago um, at least I know in our, in our family my my ancestors might have had a little bit more knowledge about the different cuts of yes. meat so they could just call up and make those decisions, but at least my generation were not necessarily as educated about that. No. And so I think and it's like really we nice to about time. that because pork loin is not
2: something that I really purchase or yeah. buy. Right. I like it on occasion, but mm-hmm. it's just not a... I just think it's... I don't know. I have a problem buying pork in grocery stores, to
0: be perfectly honest. That's fair. That's fair. It smells... <laughs> well, that's fair. it smells to me like ammonia. Like I can yeah. really smell it. Yeah. And you can taste... Well, I mean, you know, the, you know what that is, right? I think I know, but go ahead and tell me now that I never have to do it again. Well... In of in an industrial factory farm setting, oftentimes... Well, not oftentimes. It's just the way it is. The, the pigs live above um, really huge lagoons of their own shit and piss. And that's what... They're living over that. And so it gets in the meat. And um, that's yeah. why you smell that.
2: My it's, husband thinks I'm crazy, but I'm always like, yeah, nope, we're not. I can... No, I, I can, can, I can smell it. it and taste it. I can it. taste it. I can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so... I don't eat... Pork, really, from grocery stores, I do eat it in restaurants on occasion, and I might pick up something from my co-op if I really, like, mm-hmm. every once in a while I get the craving for a giant juicy pork chop. Mm-hmm. And pork butts, we do do a lot we on the grill. And- of yeah.
0: One one cool thing in the Twin Cities in Minnesota, like, I, I do think, especially at co-ops, you can find awesome pork. Yes. Um, so, like, my mentors at Pork and Plants, their pork mm-hmm. is available in co-ops. and um, Pastures plenty from Elgin. We've been to their farm. Yes. We're so lucky that there's a lot of uh, pastured pig producers. But yeah, at the, you know, the quick trip or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's wherever a, you're buying
2: it. Yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's, um, the meat that you're buying there is not pastured and it's certainly not organic. And I think it's, it it, you can tell. In the flavor, And that's
1: what I'm excited to sort of, you know, as someone who I care about food and I care about the planet and I also care about the flavor, yeah. you know, and I mean, it's like, it's like that to me is like so interesting and it's more compelling to have something taste so different and like what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah. And then that makes it that makes it harder to go back to like the weird stuff you're suffering through, yeah. and to me that makes it worth the dollars. Yes, you know, yeah, because
0: I I mean as you know since you have cut me checks this is this it's <laughs> pork is it's top cheap. dollar. It's not cheap. Top, yeah, it's I didn't even top.
2: really know because I don't buy it that much. I mean I knew it was more, but I expected to pay more. So think, how much is a half a hog? Just if people are listening, what could so they? So we
0: sell half and whole hogs by the, the hanging weight pound. And so it's, this is the little, the spiel. So, um, half a a half hog is seven bucks a pound by the hanging weight. And that, and a half hog hanging weight is usually about a hundred pounds. And so you'll end up paying me $700 for just the half hog meat. And then whatever processing you choose, which for a half hog is usually about another $100. So it ends up being um, we do uh, a reduced rate for whole hogs at six bucks a pound hanging weight and then if you buy five or more pigs um, like if you're a restaurant yeah, a restaurant um, then there's a, a bigger discount for for wholesale pricing essentially but it ends up being about nine or ten bucks a pound for for the meat. Are there restaurants locally that buy your pigs? Two restaurant accounts, um, Bon Appetit Management Company account at, uh, Northwestern University uh-huh. and then McAllister College. Oh. Um, they bought, uh, Northwestern bought two pigs and McAllister bought three pigs. I love um, it. Yeah. So that's fun.
1: Yeah, it's true. So, so, so we got, so the deal is, is that most of the people will drive to the butcher. Yep. And pick up their pig. Right. And, uh, and, it, like, it's a lot of pork it's a lot of pork <laughs> like yep. you don't forget these are 300 pound you know animals yeah. and so yeah. it's a lot but you brought today you and nick drove up to the twin cities today we did. and you we brought did. the pork to us
2: which was lovely yes. but i want to hear like i want people to hear because it is a lot but i've been panicking about this right it's not so much that i couldn't handle it like were you it, panicking oh yeah because <laughs> i have a big i have a half of a size freezer right what is that called a half I don't know. I have a half chest freezer. It's not a full size. It's small. And it's half full of soup and other stuff. So I was like, okay. And I just was, she was like, it's going to be three boxes. And I was like, okay, boxes. Like, I was trying to think of what size the boxes were, but. My freezer is full, like it's Mm. full to the top, but we closed it and it was half full to begin with. So I feel like it's manageable if you have some freezer space.
0: A whole hog, they usually, I mean, it depends on the size of the pig. Um, You know, those old fashioned plastic milk crates, like like, the square cubes, Uh, that's about a cubic foot. And so they say... Half a hog is about three or four of those, depending on how you have it processed. You know, if you have all the bones in, bone out. Um, And then a whole hog is eight of those.
2: Okay. So So that, and you could, that makes total sense. Because I felt like I put three crates in my freezer. Yeah.
1: So and I have, I don't have a chest freezer at all. I have a definite freezer on my refrigerator upstairs. And then I have a beer fridge downstairs that has freezer above it. And that's empty. And so that's going to hold most of it. I'm pretty sure. But I mean, I'll have like my bacon and some of the pork chops I'm going to eat this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I foresee going through it. pretty
0: quickly. Do you? Yes. And each, do. each of your half hogs is about, uh, I'd have to look at my numbers, 70 to 80 pounds of meat that you're actually yeah. putting in the freezer. And
2: there was, t- like, okay, so I didn't get pork loin because I don't really love it, but... You were like, well, yeah, you didn't get pork loin because you got roasts and butts. like And and chops. And chops. So chops are the
0: same thing as the pork loin. Okay, Mm -hmm. see, I did not know
2: this. Yeah. Because I wanted thick cut pork chops. That's what I I really wanted. I got
1: chops too. (laughs) And I love, and like we got the option, like, do you want it trimmed? I'm like, no, fat cap. Yeah. The magic is the fat cap. Give me the fat. Give me the fat. And so, I mean, when I buy those at Lowry Hill Meats, you know, it's like I always i am like, look
0: at the luscious fat cap on that. And
1: I can't understand anybody who would want that trimmed. I get a weird thing about I that. I think
0: we've been brainwashed about fat, especially oh, animal fats. 100%. You know, that's why people don't use lard anymore because yeah. of it. A, I mean, there's great books and, and podcasts out there about this, about how the cotton seed industry like methodically went through and had a propaganda campaign, a campaign about why. Fake, you know, yeah. like cottonseed oil is like the clean, yes. pure, like f- fancy person fat. And lard is dirty and blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Like you can go back and, and yeah. look yeah. exactly no. where like we went wrong. The brainwashing
1: we see today is not new. Yeah. Brainwashing just has been happening through. forever. But I'm
0: stoked that people are coming around yeah. to more traditional yeah, ways of eating. Yeah, because you were like, do you want the lard? I was like, yes, yes, I want the lard. Yes. In our house, we, well, we eat a ton of bacon. And so we just save all the bacon grease and bacon fat. And we use that on... Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if we're not using bacon fat to cook stuff with, it's it's usually lard. And then, of course, we've got like, we go through cases of organic butter in our house too. But yeah, um, yeah fat, <laughs> all these other things like bread and vegetables, it's all vehicles for delicious, healthy fat. That's right. <laughs> Just vehicles. That's really, yeah.
2: So, we did get uncured hams. Yes. I think there were four, maybe, or
0: two. And I want to do a PSA. Okay. So, when you get an uncured ham, at least how we do it with the processor, it means that it's it's celery juice, yeah. nitrates. So it's an all natural form of nitrates. That doesn't mean it's raw. Right. So this it's ham, cooked. it's cooked. So all you need to do is just warm it up. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. dad did not believe me one year, and he was like, well, I don't know. It says uncured on it, so I better, you know cook it for a long time. It's like, no, Dad. Please don't. <laughs> and it got a little dry. And so, yeah, just gently warm it up. Just gently warm it I yeah. can just rub some stuff on the outside and... Oh, we don't even do that. Oh. Okay. because uh, the... I would say, yeah, try it. Try it without it. Because the, the flavor... I mean, I've had so many people in the last week, and I'm going to cry thinking about this, because it's like all I want is people have told me, like, this is the best pork chop I've ever had, or this is the best. You know, it just makes them so happy, the flavor, because I think the the difference is so drastic especially on the fattier cuts cuz i think the 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 wa- the flavor from the walnuts is really coming through this year and then they literally ate tons tons of Pumpkins and squash and apples. So your and
2: experiment of buying the not-so-happy produce from the farmer that couldn't be put in his box. Well, and we're not buying there. it.
0: We, we do get it for free. I don't know if it actually pencils out in terms of the calories because it takes me about half a day to go and get it. But just the joy that the pigs experience <laughs> from literally being able to roll around in organic heirloom tomatoes and then eat them. And oh, I have some videos I could show yeah. you. They're just they're so happy. They did so it the happy. day I was
1: down there and I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Amazing, yeah,
0: yeah, it does
2: kind of make you well up just to think about, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, all right, so, Steph, like, yeah. okay, so now I'm traveling, I'm gonna be gone for the holiday, I'm home for like three days, and I'm traveling again, yeah. So, like, what are, are you gonna make pork for Christmas? Yes, are you I'm
1: making, yeah, I am either butt or shoulder, or maybe both, and gonna just do a big, you know, kind of start them in the morning and go low and slow. And really just kind of all day long and have that porky smell in the house, which is important to me.
0: I'm drooling. I know. And then
1: we're just going to have a big pull fest. Like I'm literally going to put them down on the table and everybody gets to pull at it the way they want it. And then we'll have, you know, like different sauces and some tortillas if you want to make a taco out of it. If you want to, I'm going to have some polenta because I happen to love a little fresh pulled pork on polenta. Oh, yeah. Delush. And we're just going to have that sort of a, you know, like a finger feast is what That it sounds is. fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then so pulling good.
1: it right off of, like right when it's out of the oven, and you let it sit for a few minutes, then you just start to pull it, and it's set. so you get
2: the crispy bit, all the crispy,
1: oh, the crispy bits. bits, and then the hot. You know, like it's just warm inside, and it's just beautiful. Like, there's nothing better, and the aroma, nothing yes, better. Yeah.
2: All right, yeah. so we will report back on the yeah. Weekly Dish Radio Show about yes. our flavorful pork, so mm-hmm. you can get I a hope sense you love of it. I'm I mean, sure we, but will. also I,
0: I am one of those farmers too that yeah, until this is the best pork you've ever eaten I want your feedback and yeah. I try to you know we're we're also Minnesota nice um, so I try to remind my customers you know if there's anything you don't like or any little just anything I I, I want to hear about it so yeah. okay. let me know what you love let me know what you hate let me know anything in between I just want to know. All of it, how do you want people to
2: find you? Like, can they follow you on Instagram, or how can they connect with you for a pig share for next year? Sure,
0: sure. Well, um, if folks want to reserve, we're, our our reservation line is open oh. for in terms of haves and holes for next fall. Um, so you can go to our website, nettlevalleyfarm.com, and we've got a whole page for pastured pork. Um, gives you all the info that we're talking about, and then a link to. Place your order, um, but then we're yeah we share tons of uh, very cute pig videos and and pig pictures on Facebook, Nettle Valley Farm, and then Instagram too, Nettle Valley Farm.
1: It really is about when we talk about you know there's a lot of talk about like farm to table and learning meeting your farmers and. Like the idea of going beyond just what meeting the guy who's selling your tomatoes at the farmers market, you know, is is to look at farm life. And to me, you're one of the best examples of someone who is so very honest about what you try to what be. Farm life is it's yeah. it's the good and the bad. It's the hard. It's the easy. It's the joyous. It's the tragic. It's all of
0: it. It's all of it. And it's
1: like when you know weather affects your farm, and when you know uh, you know circumstances beyond your control. And it, it's like those kind of things are important for all of us to understand go into our food system. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not easy all the time and what is? But we tend to think so easily about food. We mm-hmm. consume it without thought and that I think has led us into the bad place where I think we can reverse this. And by doing something something so thoughtful as in watching someone's farm and watching them make the food that they're that you're eating is I mean, I think that's the way we change the world.
0: Makes me feel like I have a group of folks too who have my back, and I have a really more nuanced understanding. Like, for instance, um, there's a big debate about antibiotics right now in meat about between the never ever camp and the feed them one feed them tons of antibiotics to make them grow faster. We, you know, but there's a lot of gray area in between. For instance, uh, our pigs this year didn't get vaccinated for this one somewhat uncommon illness and they got it and i had to treat them with antibiotics or else they were going to die and so i really appreciate that my customers i can reach out to them all and just say you know here's what happened um i feel awful my pigs are suffering and i'm going to have to give them an antibiotic or else they're gonna they're gonna die but i can also tell you there won't be any antibiotics left in your meat when you get it um and so I think there's a gut reaction or a knee-jerk reaction there of like, oh, uh, you know, antibiotics yeah. are bad. It's like, well, they're a tool in the toolbox. If an animal is suffering and you've got good advice from your vet, they can be they can be the right tool right. in the toolbox. And so I... And
2: sometimes humans take antibiotics.
0: Like, sometimes you get strep throat and you got to yeah. cure your strep throat. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. now I will never, ever, over over my dead body, will I ever give an animal antibiotics to... Make up for poor animal husbandry or to make it grow faster. I think yeah. that's where you get the, the super difference. bugs right. and the yucky, mm-hmm. the nasty things from. But I love that I can contact my customers and say, this is what's happening. Please let me know if you want your deposit back. And every single time that, that I've had to do that, my customers just say, like, thanks for explaining it. I trust you. Yeah, um, Which just is the best thing a farmer can ever hear
2: and yeah. nobody wants your pigs to be happier than you that's right because they're yours true. yeah and then ours yeah yeah and eventually my family yeah
0: <laughs> yes and so of course i would i would love to never ever have to give antibiotics ever again but you know shit happens sometimes yeah um so i i appreciate that my customers trust me enough that that i feel like i can just explain those things and they can tell me what they're thinking and
1: That's it's a back and forth. It is. And that's, and if we can have that more often and in in different Mm -hmm. ways, I mean, one of the other things is that it's like, we're doing this and now we're not going to see you for a while. (laughs) But it's one of those things that every year then you can have that sort of like, and then touch back, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think being part of that cycle is really important.
2: Mm -hmm. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up, but very excited about our pigs. Very excited about our chops, our butts, our roasts. Thank you so much Thank for you. your delivery oh and Thank spending time so with much. us today on the podcast. And we'll follow up on our Instagrams we'll let you know. and let you know how they Hope are. you love your pork. Okay.
0: Yeah.